Litcentric Radio is sponsored by Book Taco, an online program for managing independent reading in grades K-8. Book Taco is an affordable alternative to Accelerated Reader with an engaging, inclusive environment for the diverse students you serve. Book Taco has an impressive set of quizzes for assessing reading comprehension of some of the best chapter books and picture books on the market, including those featured here on Litcentric Radio. I'll tell you more about it later on in the episode. Dr. Julie Webb. So season five is finally here. I have a fantastic lineup for you with episodes 49 through 60, and that takes us all the way to the start of 2021, which feels like a really long way away at this point, but it'll be here before you know it. I have an extra special season planned for us. A lot has taken place around the world since we signed off back in May. And some of the civil unrest taking place in the United States has been on my mind in particular. So I'm excited to announce that in support of Black Lives Matter, I've selected texts to share that feature either a Black main character or characters, Black authors, Black illustrators, or often it's a combination of these things. And I want to support more visibility for Black authors and illustrators in children's literature. And I most definitely want to promote texts that showcase characters who better represent the diverse students that we serve. So I'm really excited about the collection I've chosen and really looking forward to sharing them with you throughout season five. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at character traits supported by text evidence. And we're gonna do that with the text Saturday by Oge Mora. Now Oge Mora is a Caldecott winner for one of her previous books. And uh, I think if you haven't read Saturday before, I think not only will you love the illustrations, the artwork that she's put forward, but it really is a delightful story. And it's a really nice kind of sweet um, book that you can really treasure and a great way to start your school year. I love Saturday because the colors just leap off the page and they really draw you in. And you'll find yourself rooting for the characters as their day really progresses because everything takes place just on that one Saturday. And I think you'll certainly relate to them too. And what I like to use Saturday for is for character traits. Really the rituals and responses that the characters engage in reinforce who they are as a mother and daughter pair. And that's one of the reasons why the text is so special and so endearing, but it really just brings forth through the actions, through the uh, dialogue that they have, and again, through how they ritualize and repeat these things, um, it really shows the bond that they have, and some of the traits get expressed more easily that way. So let's take a look at today's text, Saturday. It tells the story of Ava and her mom as they venture out together on, well, you guessed it, Saturday. And Saturdays are special for the two of them. It's the only day off that Ava's mom has, and they've created kind of a ritual around how they like to spend their Saturdays together. They go to the library together and listen to stories. They go to the salon and enjoy kind of getting pampered together. They like to go to the park and have a picnic and enjoy nature. And on this particular Saturday, they're going to go to a very special puppet show that seems like kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. 
So as you can guess though, their plans really don't go as expected and Ava and her mom have to learn to practice resilience together throughout the story. I think we could all use a lesson in resilience these days, don't you? So I encourage you to get a copy of Saturday and plan to share this text and this lesson with your students when you come back to school, whether you're in person, a hybrid model, a virtual model, distance learning, whatever you want to call it, whatever package you're operating in, it really is a great book to use to start off your school year in a special way. Taco makes checking in on student reading comprehension easy to implement in even the busiest classroom. They have a collection of over 30,000 quizzes and the number keeps going up. After your students finish a favorite book, they can easily log on to BookTaco and take a multiple choice quiz that questions them on everything from characters and plot to main idea and details to author's craft and more. The quizzes are really straightforward, so even the youngest reader can do them independently. There's a button students can click to have the questions and answer choices read aloud to them. With other programs, I remember having to read the questions to my students while they took their quiz, which meant that I was using valuable instructional time to assess reading instead of teaching reading. And I'm not okay with that. Teachers are the experts who know how to pick meaningful reading goals that are individualized for every student. And they're also the experts who are going to make sure that students are achieving those goals. BookTaco is the online tool that supports teachers by providing you with the data you need to inform your teaching. It's a great resource for keeping readers engaged while you work with students. There are quizzes for just about every book you can think of, including books I share here on Lutcentric Radio. If you can't find a quiz among the 30,000 plus in BookTaco's collection, don't worry. Teachers always have the option of writing their own quizzes to go along with the books they teach. So you can easily tailor the assessment to the standards you're teaching or the reading goals you set for your students. BookTaco is an online partner for the modern reading teacher. Log on to booktaco.com and check out the quizzes for yourself. That's booktaco.com. So since we're talking about uh, character traits and specifically the character trait of resilience, we're going to make sure that the text-dependent questions we ask draw students' attention to this character trait and also to the fact that we want to support that with evidence from the text, either in the print, in the text right itself, or in the illustrations or a combination of both. Now remember, with Lutcentric Radio Lessons, um, you always get a, a collection of text-dependent questions that you can use throughout your read-aloud to not only support students' comprehension of the particular text, but also that align well towards the bridge chart that you can build with them. And remember, these bridge charts you can build in person on chart paper, but you can definitely build them as well digitally with students using something like Google Slides or an interactive whiteboard, or even if you just do it on camera um, and you're using the paper and the pen and the students are with you. Either way, it's going to work well, and research has shown that actually it works well either way. It can be equally effective. So um, I encourage you to think through that. Don't feel like you're limited to the, um, you know, since you can't have kids on the carpet with you and all gathered around this one chart paper, it doesn't mean that you can't have an effective lesson. You most certainly can. You just have to think about it a little bit differently and use the tools you have available to you. 
So the text-dependent questions, one of the ways that I'm trying to align towards this bridge chart and the discussion of character traits is by making sure that I'm drawing attention and asking students to process that at least a couple of times throughout the text. So one question I have for students later on in the text is, uh, why does Ava's mother keep reassuring her? Because that's something through the dialogue and the rituals that they have, every uh, place that they normally go, the library, the salon, the park, they come up against obstacles at each of those places and it could really ruin their day, but they choose to not let it ruin their day. They choose to be resilient and they do it so many times throughout the book that it should be easy for students to start recognizing a pattern there. So when I ask why does her mother keep reassuring her, we can have a discussion on that you know, around that her mom wants to model for her, how do you bounce back from something that's disappointed you? Or how do you be resilient? What does that look like? What does that mean? How do you coach yourself through those situations? So it's an important thing for students to understand that her mother is doing that very purposefully. And that can be um, a way that we process the character trait of resilience and then use that to add that to our bridge chart later so that when students write about it, uh, they have some language to use and they have a model to go from. So for this bridge chart, we are dividing it into three sections, uh, left to right, so three different columns. The left and right columns are a little skinnier. The column in the center is a lot bigger because there's a lot more text going on. And the first column, we're labeling it event. And those are the four locations where they go to in the story. So first they go to the library, then the salon, then the park, and then that puppet show at the end. And it's really clear that that's where they're headed during the day. Um, and so that plot point is really clear for students. The next uh, middle section of the chart, that middle column that's much wider, basically has enough room for two text columns in it. One column says first felt, and the next column says then felt. So we're talking about how uh, what characters were feeling at the moment, and then how that feeling changed depending on uh, the events in the story. And then the final column is response. So when those feelings change, how did those characters choose to respond? And really that's where the resilience piece really comes in and is modeled for students. So let me give you an example of what that language sounds like. When they go to the library, that's their first event, and generally um, they go there to hear a story being read aloud by the librarian, and it's like, you know, story time, and they're really excited. So um, they first felt eager to go to the library. But then when they get there, there's a sign that says story time is canceled for today. Come back next Saturday. So they go from first feeling eager to then feeling disappointed. So that's a shift we want students to recognize and apply language to. They first felt eager, then felt disappointed. Their response to that, though, is to do a few different things. And students will see that the, because the responses repeat all the time that this column, this last column, kind of becomes redundant just because um, they repeat the same kind of strategies. But one way they respond to this disappointment is to reassure each other, especially throughout the text the mom is reassuring the daughter. Later, Ava reassures her mom because at the end, her mom becomes so disappointed that nothing worked out that day and she's kind of reached her breaking point. And, uh, and Ava turns around and models for her mom the way that her mom had shown her how to be resilient throughout the rest of the day. Another example is when they go to the salon. So that's their event, the salon. They first felt relaxed. The idea of going there is something that they really enjoy doing together because they get pampered, right? So they're relaxed. But when their hair got ruined, they felt upset. 
Okay, so they got splashed by a car and, and ruined their, got their hair all wet and ruined their hairstyle. So they first felt relaxed, then they felt upset. One of the ways they responded is by saying, don't worry, and then, you know, talked through it together. So that response column, again, it becomes kind of redundant because each time they respond to a disappointment, they actually do several things. So they reassure each other, they say, don't worry, and they talk through it a little bit. They remind each other that Saturdays are always special no matter what happens to them because they get to be together. And then um, they often um, hug and show affection and physical affection for each other throughout uh, those responses as well. So this chart, again, it really is trying to bring out the character traits specifically of resilience. Sometimes when I talk about character traits with students, we're actively um, assigning what we think the traits are to the characters. But this is kind of the flip side, especially since we're starting the school year. Maybe this is the first time students have talked about character traits before. So instead of labeling every character trait they could possibly have, I just chose one that is very clearly articulated and modeled throughout the story. And then we're attaching our evidence to that. Later on, when my students you know, have this experience, we can kind of open up the conversation about character traits and find evidence for lots of different ones. So this is just kind of a smaller way for us to get started. And the word resilience is not something that a lot of my students would have you know, in their vocabulary, even if they understand the idea of bouncing back, that kind of thing. They may not know that academic language. And why not talk about resilience at the beginning of the school year when we're really having to demonstrate that character trait ourselves? The writing task for students is to really think about a time when they had to show resilience and think about who helped them through that. And that way they can go back to this bridge chart and use it as kind of a roadmap for how they might respond. They're going to talk about the place or the event where this you know, occurred, first how they felt, how their feelings changed, and what that resilient response looked like. So do you see how all these things align? The text itself brings, um, brings up these particular uh, skills and strategies we can learn. The text-dependent questions help us align to a particular uh, lesson or mini lesson we're going to do through the bridge chart. The bridge chart helps us have conversations about the text and process it together in a particular way. And then that chart becomes the tool that we use in order to do a written or other otherwise uh, a, some type of response task that helps students process the text even further and take it kind of onto the next level and open up those ideas in a new application. So that's really what we do here at Litcentric Radio, is I want to show you that children's literature, although it can be wonderful to read on its own, and I hope you do, you don't have to do a bridge chart or a fancy lesson with every single text, certainly not, but there's so much rich opportunity in the books that we already choose to read with children. And if we can show them in an aligned way how we can process these things together, we are elevating the comprehension skills of our students, we're elevating the possibilities for them, we're elevating their academic language, and we don't always have to respond in an art project, right? Or, you know, tell me about a time when, you know, we can really take things so much further. Our students can do it. They can definitely do it. So I want you to think about how are you going to elevate their comprehension this year, how they write, how they respond. It's going to be even harder this year to do some of these things because we're not physically connected to one another, at least not in the ways that we're used to. So if we can really concentrate on aligning our lessons well and the components within each lesson, we're really gonna do a better job of serving our students 
And when we all get back to classrooms again, kind of back to normal, hopefully this becomes our new normal of how we're instructing children. So I hope that you enjoy the ideas in this lesson. Saturday is a fabulous book. Ogemura has wonderful, wonderful uh, artwork and illustrations and a beautiful website. So I encourage you to take a look at that. And don't forget, in the meantime, to join Litcentric Insiders. If you go to my website, litcentric.com, about halfway down that homepage, if you scroll down, you'll see a button there to join Litcentric Insiders. And that's just my email newsletter. I don't send a ton of email newsletters, but I will let you know when a new episode of Litcentric Radio comes along. And uh, because this is our very first lesson uh, and episode of the season, I always give my first episode lesson away for free to my Litcentric Insiders. Otherwise, this lesson becomes part of the collection of the growing bundle of lessons that I have available at Litcentric.com for purchase. But if you're a Litcentric Insider on my email list, you will get this first one for free. So make sure that if you're not a Litcentric Insider already, that you sign up and do it before uh, this Friday. Uh, the last or the first week of August here, make sure that you sign up before then, and then I'll make sure to send you your free lesson. All right. So we will see you next time and have a great day at school.